What's up, guys? My name is Garrett. My co-host is Andrew. And this is the Highly Undisputed Fantasy Football Podcast. Week four in the books. Did you start Cordero Patterson this week? If you did, that was like a three-touchdown day out of him. Uh, you know, Tyree Kill, back to doing Tyree Kill things. Hopefully, you didn't have to go against him. Going to be a little bit different on today's show. Um, not so much on the waiver pickups and specific questions. We are going to talk about the biggest busts and the MVPs of the fantasy season this far. Andrew, how's it going, man? It's going good. Your boy has a win again in our main league, so I'm really happy about that. I have continued my undefeated streak in our dynasty league. That feels good. I think I am 4-0 on all of my money leagues this week, so it's been a good week. That's a good week. I have uh, moved up to number one in our division. I am 3-1 currently. Uh, owner of Austin Eckler, who is just the absolute man. Gotta love him. It was a good week. It was a good week. I had to come from behind. I had the Monday night thing where, you know, you got three guys going on Monday night and you're down 70 points and you you got to come back from that. That was tough, but I, we got through it. I almost didn't make it through that game. That was rough, but I made it. I'm here. I'm ready to go. So yeah, let's jump right into it. Should it should be a good episode. Yeah. <clears throat> you got injuries for us? We, we want to start there? Yeah, it was a very, very good week for injuries. There weren't a lot. David Montgomery, Bears running back, could miss, from what I see, up to five weeks with a potential MCL sprain, but that was it was released like a couple hours ago that it's pretty much just going to be one week or two weeks until he's completely healthy. Damian Williams is going to be the big guy in, in that Bears offense if he plays on Sunday because he's milking, I think, a, a quad injury. Yeah, he has a quad injury. So, I mean, Khalil Herbert is kind of the only other guy there, but I think it's Damian Williams. Williams show to, to kind of show off. Is David Montgomery the Deontay Johnson of running backs? Because I swear to God, he went down with that knee injury like Deontay Johnson did a couple weeks ago. And it looked like he didn't just tear his ACL. Like It looked like he, he thought that his knee had been separated from his body. And yeah, it looked really that bad. That was not good. He was screaming. His his head off. It was it was really scary. As as I don't own David Montgomery in, in many leagues, so I'm, I wasn't worried about it. But still, as just a football fan, you don't really love to see that. It's crazy though. Like when you see the guys go down, like when they grab like their back or their shoulder and they're screaming, you know that's serious. But when you see the guy grabbing his knee and he's like rolling around on the ground in pain, it's almost never that serious because most of the time when you mess up your knee, like it doesn't hurt. Like, you tear your ACL, it doesn't really hurt like that. It's just you you feel it pop, and you're like, it's done. I'm, I'm, I just can't walk on it. So is it a good thing when they're grabbing their knee and they're on the ground like they just got shot? In because this season, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's like every week somebody goes down, and they're, like, dying, and then five minutes later they come out of that blue tent. And Do they have the magic spray in that blue tent? No, they need to take it from soccer, though. Yeah. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, if you watch soccer, uh, there's this magic spray is what they call it, and the guy will be rolling around on the on the floor like he's dead, and then they spray him with this shit, and all of a sudden, Good like, show. he's back to normal. He can run again. It's amazing. Uh, Bengals running back, Joel Mixon, has a sprained ankle in his week-to-week. That is, yeah, I'm assuming he's out for week five. Look for Samaj P. Ryan to get most of the touches in that offense. Chris Evans as well. Rookie running back that they got in the fifth round. Look for him to get a, an uptick in work. Luckily, I have him on my taxi squad in Dynasty, so I'm happy to see that. I would say that, so the two running back pickups for this week, I'll just get it out of the way now. It's Damian Williams and Samaji Pirine. 
if they're available in your league, which in some leagues they're not available, but if they are, pick them up. They're probably good for two weeks, and then you're going to have to let them go again. Uh, 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is a calf issue and could miss time, but if you listen to our podcast released today, which is Tuesday, you know that we said yesterday that he was going to miss a few weeks, and then four minutes after he recorded that podcast, Adam Schefter broke that Jimmy Garoppolo could be perfectly fine and start in week five. So just keep an eye on that. Saints running back Tony Jones Jr. was caught off with a knee, knee issue. That just means Alvin Kamara is going to get even more work in that offense. Will Fuller, Dolphins wide receiver, broke a finger and could miss time. Is Wa- he droppable? Can we just talk about that real quick? He, he's droppable, right? It's just the deep threat kind of role that you're you're kind of hoping for in that offense. And I don't I don't really know if it's droppable. You could probably trade him. I, I, I bet that there's a few guys out there that are like, all right, well, we want the 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 ceiling of Will Fuller. So we'll just try to trade him if you if you if you aren't willing to hold on to Will Fuller. I'm a Will Fuller owner. I don't even know what to do with him yet. I've gotten offers, don't really know what to accept. Washington tight end Logan Thomas left his team's week four game with a hamstring history or hamstring issue and didn't return. I don't know what to make of it. Probably missing week five. I would imagine if he does play, he's going to be pretty limited. I would caution. I would err on the side of caution if starting Logan Thomas. Don't expect a full lo- workload, personally. Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater suffered a concussion during his during the week four game and isn't the protocol. Drew Locke, baby. It's the Drew Locke show. It's time. We've all waited for it. So basically, if you own Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, or Cortland Sutton, they are all sits for you this no, no, week. No, 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 no. <laughs> Drew Locke is good with Noah Fant. They've they've been good in the past. You're good there. Um, just a quick reminder before we get into everything else. If you have uh, Thursday players or even Sunday morning players, because there's a game at Sunday at nine thirty Eastern this week, because the Jets and the Falcons are playing in London. Move those guys out of your flex spot just to give yourself a little bit more availability in those that position. And the Thursday game is Rams-Seattle, so you're looking at DK, Lockett, Wilson, Carson, and Stafford, Henderson, Cup, Woods, Higby, Higby, just all those guys. And then the Monday night game is Indianapolis-Baltimore, so try to put those guys in your flux if possible just to give yourself that, that absolute last second in case injuries do occur. All right, we can jump into... I only have three other waiver pickups for this week. Um pretty short week or not not even short week but just pretty pretty strange week there really wasn't anybody that showed up and show out I mean I guess if you're interested in Khalif Raymond on the Lions if you haven't picked up Quintez Cephas you know I mean that would be the only other guy other than these three and one of these guys we've already discussed Hunter Renfro we talked about him last week if you haven't if Hunter Renfro is not rostered in your league he should be rostered He's only rostered in like 43% of leagues online. Just pick him up. He's he's at least worth 13 points on average. I mean, he's he's pretty solid. Jamison Crowder, uh, 27% of leagues is what he is currently rostered in. Tread tread lightly. It is Jamison Crowder on a Jets offense, but and and a guy that's pretty injury prone. But if you're if you're needing receiver help, like he can be a solid flex play in certain matchups. Like, this week is probably a good matchup for him against an Atlanta secondary that's not good. But, I mean, if you're playing New England, you know, you're not going to start him against New England. That's not a good matchup. Basically, any divisional game, you're never going to play him. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, Dalton Schultz is my other one. You know, if you're streaming tight ends, uh, definitely somebody that 
can be valuable to you. Obviously, he's been pretty good in the red zone this year. A few touchdowns on the season. Dak Prescott's really been targeting him a lot. So if you're hurting at the tight end spot and you're just looking to stream, I definitely would be looking at Dalton Schultz. Other than that, there really isn't anybody worth noting. Um, it's basically at this point in the season, you know, you're waiting for an injury for anybody pickup worthy. Or if a rookie comes out and starts to perform later on in the season, you might see that. But other than those guys, I don't have anybody else. So would you like to jump into our MVP awards or would you like to do our stardom sit We'll do We'll do MVPs. So it is the quarter mark of the 2021 NFL season. We are through week four on to week five. And now we basically just before the podcast came up with our MVPs for every position in the fantasy season this week, this year. And we kind of have obvious MVPs based on where you drafted them in the first round and like surprising MVPs of, of pickups, i.e. Cordero Patterson, who we will talk about later. Spoiler alert. And then we have our, our biggest losers based on draft capital that you spent on them and just hopefulness with, with, with new offenses and, and all of those those factors playing into it. So if you want to get it started with your MVP of the quarterback position. Well, I mean, this is pretty obvious. I said it yesterday in the regular podcast. Kyler Murray is the MVP of the fantasy and real-life you know, NFL season. He's been ridiculous. I now, mean, sorry to interrupt. Patrick Mahomes is having a better fantasy season, but you obviously paid up on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you, you, the, the ADP for Murray was gra- was significantly lower than Patrick Mahomes. So it was like it was late second. It was second round to third to fourth round kind of difference. So if you have Mahomes over Murray, you missed out on second round talent at the wide receiver running back position. And if you took Kyler Murray in the third, you kind of have a, a solid base in another position along with the number two rated fantasy quarterback right now. So yes, Mahomes is playing better, but ADP is just. Yeah, and like also if you were in an auction draft, like you're probably spending twenty five to thirty dollars on Patrick Mahomes, where Kyler Murray in a lot of leagues went for like ten to twelve bucks. You could have gotten him for a little more than that if you were willing to overpay. But in some leagues where quarterbacks, you know, just don't get bid up on, Kyler Murray went for a lot less. So it's Kyler Murray. I mean, the numbers are just ridiculous. They speak for themselves. He's been spreading the ball out. He hasn't really turned the ball over other than those couple turnovers against the Vikings. It's it's been him. I I can't stress it enough. Like, honestly, if you can make a trade for Kyler Murray at this point in the season, I would try to get him. You're going to overpay, but he might end up winning you a season, to be honest. Now, on a quarterback losers, I have uh, we have Ryan Tannehill just because he came into the season with, with a high upside with Julio Jones being signed and just the hopefulness that with that offense and one of the best fantasy running backs in football – that he could just perform and be a top five, top ten quarterback option every single week, a, a definite start, never just plug and play based on matchup. And it's been the exact opposite. Granted, week four, he didn't have Julio or A.J. Brown, but still through week one, two, and three, he just did not perform very well. Was And based on his offensive line, you can't really blame him, but still, he's kind of a guy right now that if you if you aren't trading away, you're looking for other options based on weekly matchup. This week, He's not a must. He's not a stardom for me. But stardom against the Jaguars, like if AJ Brown and Julio Jones or even one of them are back, stardom against the Jaguars. The Jaguars secondary is not good. Look for a high uptick, high fantasy day out of Ryan Tannehill this week. But just so far, it's been a big bust for me. I would say that there's two quarterback 
sleeper MVPs so far this season. Um, one would be Kirk Cousins, and then the other would be Derek Carr. Derek Carr's leading the league in passing yards right now, and Kirk Cousins has just been really good, really efficient. Uh, he's had a couple touchdowns a game at least. So both of them, you probably got them in really late rounds or they went undrafted, and if you were able to pick either one of them up, definitely, definitely probably – you have at least three wins right now, I would imagine. Sam Darnold as well. I'd like to throw him out there. He, he's leading the league in rushing touchdowns at the moment. Yeah, or he was stupid. before week five. I don't know if he still has it after uh, no, week five. No, he, he still is. Yeah, but, because, uh, yeah. Through, through, through week four, he has five rushing touchdowns on top of his five passing touchdowns. As at the quarterback position, you, you see it with Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. I mean, they get the rushing yards and the rushing touchdown upside. But Sam Darnold with five rushing touchdowns through week four is just absolutely nuts. And some he was probably not even drafted in your league. Definitely he wasn't was, He was a week, maybe even three pickup. And if you've started in week three and four, you're very happy with the decision that you had made. Okay, do you want to just make this obvious? Um, the king of the running backs is still the king, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're all in agreement on this. Der- Derrick Henry is the best, best fantasy running back in the league right now. It's not a question. His week one was was a big, big bust with 17 attempts with 58 yards, and he had what 77 all to, all to, all purpose yards with no touchdown. But since then, 35 yard or 35 attempts for 102 yards and three touchdowns with 237 all purpose yards. Week three, 144 all purpose yards. Week four, 177 all purpose yards with two touchdowns. It's just. You're you're very happy with where you drafted him. It was it was smart. If in, in PPR leagues you went Derrick Henry over Alvin Kamara, or even Derrick Henry at one because he's just that good at, at fantasy football. Every year, it's you know when is the 400 carry thing gonna affect him, and it just hasn't yet. And even with you know like teams stacking boxes, he's still unstoppable. It's it's really incredible. Honestly, if you have Derrick Henry, you probably should basically almost win the league this year. Uh, the next big win at running back this year, and this was a guy that I'm almost certain wasn't drafted in your league and is currently, I believe, the running back three amongst all of fantasy is Cordero Patterson or Corderell Patterson, depending on how you like to say his name. I don't actually know what it is, and it's just it's whatever. But he's the running back two on ESPN, and in our league, he's the running back three. He has had a very good fantasy production based on where you picked him up or even drafted him after week one. Week one was a little disappointing, which was to be expected, but week two, he had seven attempts for 11 yards and a touchdown and also a receiving touchdown on five receptions for 58 yards. Week three was a little laid back, still got a 142 all-purpose yards, but no touchdown. And in week four, he was just the running back one on the week with three receiving touchdowns against the Washington football team and only 34 yards running. So he's just looking as a – he is a very good PPR standard. doesn't really matter because he's pa- he's catching passes in that offense. He he has just stepped over Mike Davis in the receiving game altogether. And we'll talk about Mike Davis, I'm sure. Where did, where did Cordero Patterson come from? Like, he's Why finally – He's finally living up to the number one overall pick thing, which is great. But, like, what the hell? Why have teams before Atlanta just not been able to do this? What? Where? Like, we saw it a little bit in New England. They're the first team that put him in the running back spot. 
because yeah, like he's he's a he's a kick returner, so he's really good in the open field if you can get him the ball. But he could never run routes or catch. And now all of a sudden, like they figured out, oh, if you just flip it to him in the flat, it's like nine yards every time. He basically can just get you nine yards. It's ridiculous. I, what a, what a weapon he's been. And yeah, like he might end up being the pickup of the off seat or of the season. I, I as of right now, I think he is. I don't know of any other guys that you got off the waiver wire that are doing as well as he is at the moment. Yeah, I it's just I didn't pick him up. I thought it was too good to be true, and I'm really kicking myself in the ass for it because I don't have a single Cordero Patterson stock in any league I'm in. Well, it's hard to roster him though because if you have to, if you're in a league where you they, it requires you to give up two bench spots for him because he has a dual, um, he has dual availability. You know that's that's hard to do. Yeah. So in leagues where where you can't have just full open roster and have as many running backs and receivers as you want, i.e. our league where you have to have four running backs rostered or four maximum and five receivers maximum rostered, he takes up both spots because he's eligible at both positions. So in our league, you have to have depth. The owner that has him doesn't have depth, but he's still just the the, the points is worth worth not having a fifth wide receiver and fourth running back that you'll really never play. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to just a guy who went into the season as like a, a running back two kind of option, a strong running back two, uh, Austin Eckler. Just he's the man. Absolutely dominating in fantasy football. Was a little nervous going after week one because he just had no play in the receiving game and has just broken out since. He's kind of the lead back. There's Larry Roundtree is getting a little bit of carries in that offense, but Austin Eckler is just the guy every other time. So just a quick shout out to him. Thank you. He's yeah, on my fantasy team. No problem. Carried me to a win last night. Really appreciate it. Okay, let's... I think this guy is the MVP of the fantasy season so far. I don't even think it's close. It's Cooper Cup. Like, if you drafted Cooper Cup, you probably got him in the fifth or sixth round, most likely. I would say that was about where he was going. And he's been wide receiver one. And he's been wide receiver one by a long shot. Until this week when he kind of struggled what was his numbers for this week do you have them in front of you because i do not uh he had five receptions on 13 targets for 64 yards and zero touchdowns yeah so he struggled this week but other than that it has been ridiculous he has been wide open all season so in a in a 12 or a 14 team league cooper cup was the he was adp was the fourth round, the fifth, the fifth pick, and Robert Woods, his teammate, was the fourth round, the third pick. So he is just blowing out where his ADP was, and it's just if if you have Cooper Cup, you you're probably for the most part three and one or a very unlucky two and two with a lot of points scored because he has just dominated the wide receiver position, and you probably also you could have. Calvin Ridley, or not even Calvin Ridley, because he's just not been very, very successful this year thus far. You could potentially have Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup in your leagues, or Tyreek Hill and Cooper Cup in your leagues. It's very possible. And just both. be dominating in, in your fantasy league. And that's just, it's incredible. That's the unsung hero of fantasy this year all around. Doesn't matter position-wise. He's leading the league in reception yards, touchdowns, and just receptions in general, I believe. Yeah, I think he leads the league in receptions. Yeah, it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid how good he's been this year. 
Um, hopefully he doesn't cool off because uh, it's been really cool to watch. He's been really good. And that Rams offense has clicked when he has been on. Do you have any other superstars or MVPs of the wide receiver position? Debo Samuel. Thank you. He has been he is the wide receiver three in standard right now and there isn't really a sign of him slowing down I mean you can put the fluke 75 yard touchdown reception in week four say what you want about it he still put up 32.7 points in standard fantasy leagues and I had him and I traded him away for Jarvis Landry so I'm kicking myself in the butt for that one and it kind of sucks but you can't doubt the production that he's had I thought it was just mainly because Ayuk was out and not playing very well that is not the case he is the target the main target for Garoppolo Trey Lance doesn't matter what it is he's the guy in that offense and if you have him you could easily have Tyreek Hill Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel on your team and if that's the case you're 4-0 there isn't a, there isn't a doubt in my mind you're 4-0 yeah um, um the problem with Samuel is basically health like that's literally what limits him so as long as he stays healthy, he should continue to be a at least wide receiver two, at worst. I mean, his down weeks can be rough. It, it, you know, he has really good highs and then he has really low lows. So as long as you're getting him on a high, you know, you're good to go with him. I don't have anyone else personally, unless you do, and then we can move into our busts of the fantasy year. I I do not have any wide receivers. Uh, Debo Samuel ADP, by the way, in 14-team league was... Wait, wait, let me guess. Overall, 89, wide receiver, 48. I just have 6th round, 12th pick. I'm pretty close. Yeah, it's it's just nuts, the fact that you can have all three of those receivers. Uh, I, I will shout out just really fast another another wide receiver that has been doing fairly well in an offense that wasn't really looked at as a passing offense. Marquise Brown is the wide receiver 10 in standard leagues, and his ADP was the 10th round, the fourth pick. So if you have Marquise Brown, you got very good value out where you got him as well. And I'm actively trying to trade for him, and I can't get him as the Lamar Jackson owner, and I'm kind of upset. On to wide receiver stinkers of the year. Just take a look at my fantasy roster in our main league, and that's all we need to talk about. Calvin Ridley and Robert Woods. Calvin Ridley especially because he was the number four wide receiver, I believe, off the board in most leagues. Uh, He was between wide receiver four and wide receiver seven. ADP second round, third pick in 14-team leagues. I didn't draft him, but I traded TJ Hawkinson for him. So it's kind of just a wash. I traded TJ Hawkinson and Robbie Anderson for Calvin Ridley, and none of those players have been doing well ever since, so that trade is just kind of minute at this point and Robert Woods to say that is as we already said his ADP was higher than Cooper Cup and is the wide receiver 44 in standard leagues at this point I'm looking for upside he got a touchdown in garbage time against the Cardinals this week let's hope that that continues in a shootout against the Seahawks on Thursday night rich man's Robbie Anderson Rich playing man. just like Robbie Anderson this year. Uh, better than Robbie Anderson because Robbie Anderson is just not fantasy viable. I can Man, how does it feel that you you on your team this season have had Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, and Robbie Anderson? It's it's it was great to start the season having Robert Woods and Robbie Anderson. Thought I was getting a lot of production in those offenses, but it's the complete opposite. And it, it's to the point where as the Calvin Ridley and Robert Woods owner, I'm not 
I'm looking to trade them, but I'm either taking a huge loss on the league or I'm just I just have to hold on to them and hope for upside and hope that they can just come back to the fantasy viability that they've had in previous years. Calvin Ridley, I'm not so much worried about as I am Robert Woods. The problem with Robert Woods is I think Van Jefferson is kind of good. And I think Deshaun Jackson, like as long as he's in there, takes away a lot of the big play stuff because at least one time a game they're going to throw it up to Deshaun Jackson and he's going to come down with it because at 35 years old, he's still like the fastest guy in the league, which makes no sense to me, even though he's basically running on no hamstrings at this point. But yeah, I think Van Jefferson has really bothered Robert Woods' stock and obviously Cooper Cup, you know, just getting every target imaginable. What does Robert Woods need to do to... uh to improve his target share. I mean, is it is it just show up earlier to the breakfasts with Matt Stafford? I don't even Cooper know if Cup? he's allowed in the breakfast at this point. Like he, he, during the preseason, he must have been invited to the breakfast and like Cooper Cup was showing up with eggs benedicts and like strawberry shortcake and all this stuff for breakfast. And Robert, Robert Woods probably showed up with like a box of stale Cheerios. Bran flakes. Bran flakes. Honestly, I would take the bran flakes over the stale Cheerios. Like Robert Woods, what are you? Like, what were you doing? Why? Do, why were you not like? Oh, I got to take the the most advantage of all of this, and it just it makes no sense. The Robert Woods jokes will just never end with that breakfast because it's just the funniest thing to ever think about. That that's what's making Robert Woods not a viable fantasy wide receiver. Matthew Stafford doesn't care about your fantasy team. Like some of that action in there too. I mean, he's no, he cares about Cooper Cup owners' fantasy teams. So he has Cooper Cup he in fantasy Cooper football, Cup right? His, he has Cooper Cup in his fantasy league, and that's it. And and the week, he, every single week, Robert Woods is getting passed to the team he play against. He plays against. So it's just, except for last week, he he was like, all right, you can. Have, Robert Woods can have a touchdown this week because I'm not playing against him. That's just that's how that works. Would you play in a fantasy football league with another quarterback in the NFL? Would you be willing to play in that league? What do you mean? Oh, so like you're in a fantasy football league and Tom Brady's in the fantasy football league. Okay. Would you play in that league? Yeah. Even though he can manipulate players? I would just not have any Buccaneers on my team. Well, what if like you had to go up against Buccaneers though? Because like if you if he goes up against Chris Godwin one night. Well, I'm he's assuming like, if Tom Brady, so Tom Brady would probably have himself. Actually, no, he seems like a smart guy. He'd probably take Kyler Murray, but he'd probably have Chris Godwin. And Gronk. That's yeah, why. he'd probably have Godwin and Gronk. Just because, and he's and, like, I'm just going to throw it to these guys. Right, and he'd be like, Mike Evans, fuck yourself. And whoever has kid Mike show. Evans, kid show, yeah. But yeah. I, I don't think I'd want to play against professional NFL players in fantasy football. I, I feel I like they would cheat and they would manipulate the standings. No, I think I'd be fine. Like, I'd get unlucky when I play Tom Brady, but oh well. Like, that's still... I, I to the like the the chance to say yeah I beat Tom Brady in a fantasy football league I'd take that all day all day any day. Okay. The second bust at the wide receiver position this season, it's AJ Brown. Like, not only has he been hampered by injury, but Julio Jones has dominated the targets, and Hunter or Derrick Henry has too, because in the games that AJ Brown played in. Derrick Henry had as many targets as he did. So all of a sudden, Derrick Henry can catch the ball now. A.J. Brown is completely useless, right? That's what it's come down to. I mean, if you drafted A.J. Brown, you took him as a top six wide receiver, basically. Yeah, he had an ADP of second round, ninth pick. Yeah, I mean, that's that's wide receiver probably seven. It was probably like eight 
eight, nine, ten off the board. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, if you took him in that spot, he's your wide receiver one because that would mean that you went running back with your first pick most likely. So you're really counting on A.J. Brown, and he's just unproductive. Like, he's unproductive and completely unusable Imagine if you this took point. Christian McCaffrey with your one pick and A.J. Brown with your second pick. I'm sure that happened. Oh, I'm sure a lot did. of people have that. Yeah. Because that's basically where he went in the drafts. And, and you're looking at yourself now, and you're like, I have no number one running back unless you have Cordero Patterson, and I have no number one wide receiver unless you have Cordero Patterson or Cooper Cup. It's just that just goes to show how ADPs mean nothing. ADPs mean something come draft season, but once the season starts or after your draft, ADPs mean absolutely after week one. I would say ADPs mean absolutely nothing because. Preseason trades, you have to put an ADP into effect, but it's just there. There are guys that weren't even drafted that are so amazing this year in fantasy. It's just incredible. Um, I want to talk about the tight end position just really fast. Yeah, I think there's quite a few. Actually, this whole position basically has been a bust this season, other than like three guys. Yeah, there have been. Though no, there, there is one guy that that has really shined that almost probably went undrafted in your league, and it's only really been week three and four he's shined. So. You, just keep an eye on how he plays. Dawson Knox, weeks one and two, it was very unreliable. Week three, 10.9 points in a fantasy or in a standard league with 49 yards and a touchdown. And week four, he had a, uh, 37 yards and two touchdowns. So he's been very fantasy viable in the past two weeks. But there's just been so many busts. TJ Hawkinson had a great week one and two and just has done nothing fantasy-wise in week three and four. And the big one, the the number two tight end off the board in most leagues, I would assume. George Kittle has been terrible as a fantasy tight end. He has had one double-digit week in, in standard scoring, and in PPR, he's had two, and one of them was an 11-point outing. It's just he has been absolutely terrible. I don't know what to make of it still. I, I just I'm if you if you're a guy that is like I don't care I'll take a tight end early you are kicking yourself in the ass. Well, that's just why it's so hard to take tight end that early because the position isn't deep, and like basically unless you have Travis Kelsey, like the consistency just isn't there. Even in like regular seasons, like George Kittle and Darren Waller, you know, in general, like they're not always this consistent. Really, only George Kittle. Or not? I'm sorry, not George Kittle. Travis Kelsey and Gronk in their prime, and then Tony Gonzalez. Those have been the guys that have basically been consistent over their entire careers. And you can't even say Gronk because he's battled injuries. Right, but when he's been on the yeah, field, when, you he's, know, on when the he's been field, on the field, it's been Gronk. Yeah, you know. So the other guy at that position, and I think this is the guy that you're kicking yourself over because, like George Kittle hasn't performed. But the Niners have had some weird issues to start the season. They've lost all their running backs, basically. Their quarterback has been in and out of the lineup. Kittle was banged up. Like, at least I can make an excuse for that. If you drafted Kyle Pitts, you are absolutely taking the piss right now. Like, you're just taking it, and there's nothing you can do about it because you probably drafted him in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round in yeah, your draft. ADP of fourth round, second yeah. pick. So, I mean, that's just, you're getting killed with that right now because you're basically missing out on a guy like Cooper Cup. For Kyle Pitts, who's averaging like four points a fantasy week and hasn't scored a touchdown yet. I mean, granted, you took a major risk because you bought into a tight end in his rookie season and rookie tight ends never pan out. The, these are the guys that went around 
around Kyle Pitts ADP-wise. DJ Moore, Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper, Robert, I mean Robert Woods, Cooper Cup at the 405, Tyler Lockett at the 412, and guys that have that went after him. Deontay Johnson has done well. Corey Davis has done well. T. Higgins has done well. Jamar Chase has done well. And at the running back spot, you have I mean, running backs are tough, but Daryl Henderson has done well. James Robinson has done well with, with ETN getting hurt. Kareem Hunt has been very fantasy viable. You you you're just missing out on so much. And you were warned. So I mean people took the warnings with a grain of salt that drafted Kyle Pitts. I have Kyle Pitts in one league. So I, I I'm taking the piss right now, but he's still a must start every single week because of where you drafted him. It it's tough. I think you just kinda gotta stick through it and hope the Falcons get over that hump that we talked about last week. But well, I think that's going to be the thing with Calvin Ridley. You know, that's why it's like, don't give up on Calvin Ridley yet because the Falcons offense still should pan out and be okay. They're just really in a rut right now and they haven't figured it out. But Kyle Pitts, I would be concerned. Honestly, I would have moved on by now. Unless you're in a keeper or a dynasty league, I would move on. Because right now, like in a redraft league, having a guy that's in a rookie, that's in a rookie position that's going to be stuck all year it's just not somebody that is going to be able to help you right now so personally if I had Kyle Pitts I would be cutting my losses and I'm sure like in an auction draft if you took him in an auction draft you probably spent like $15 and you know that's just a $15 player that you're not going to be able to get back but at this point maybe you can get someone to well he didn't work out for you but if I trade for him by week nine he'll be good like maybe you can get someone to buy in on him like that and you can still, you know, get something back I for would him. be trying to trade Kyle Pitts for a Mark Andrews right about now. I don't know if you're going to get that. Cuz even if even if Kyle Pitts comes around and starts doing what we think he can do, like is he is that any better than Mark Andrews? Cuz like Mark Andrews is still really good. And like if I had Mark Andrews, I wouldn't trade him for Kyle Pitts. If anything that's either a lateral move or a downgrade. So I'm not going to downgrade the tight end position if I can help it, unless you're kicking something in. I mean, if you're kicking something into a trade with Kyle Pitts for Mark Andrews, okay, sure. But no way. Like, I'm not dealing straight up. Not, not going to happen. For the most part, you're kind of just stuck with Kyle Pitts and you're playing him every single week unless you have a, a Dawson Knox or a Dalton Schultz yeah, on your team. Honestly, whoever has Dawson Knox, Tyler Higbee, Hunter Henry – or um, Dallas Schultz. Goddard, or Dal- Dal- not even Dalton Schultz, because I think he's streamable. But whoever has those guys, I honestly would be trying to trade Kyle Pitts to them for those guys. Because they might value Kyle Pitts higher than they value their own tight ends. And every single one of those tight ends has pretty much gotten better as the season's gone on. And I think we all think that Tyler Higby's going to be pretty good this year still. I'm still in on Hunter Henry. I think you're you've come around a little bit on him, at least somewhat. Dallas Goddard, you know, he's starting to get in groove here. He's had more yards every single week, basically. Like all of them. I, I would be trying to move Kyle Pitts to get one of those players, personally. I, I don't know if I'm on the same page because I know I just said ADP doesn't play a role, but you're still you still drafted Kyle Pitts with a high value in your draft. So Cutting back on a guy like Dawson Knox, who hasn't shown himself other than week three and four this season, 
in games where the Bills have blown out the teams that they're playing against, and I mean blown out, I mean shut out and scored 30-plus points, I, I that's not a guy I'm willing to trade for. Dallas Goddard still has Zach Ertz behind him. He's getting the majority of the work, but that's still having a good tight end behind them is not not something I'm interested in. Where was Kyle Pitts' ADP? Again? I guess at 402. 402, so he was the second pick of the fourth round, which would be... So that would be on the way back up. So that would be the bot. So you would have picked at the bottom of the first round. Yes. So basically, you picked Kyle Pitts at the bottom of the first round. So you missed out on fourth. Well, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you picked him. You had a pick at the bottom of the first round. So you missed out on all the top running backs. Like, you might be in good shape, but at the same time, like, you might not have top end talent, and you can't really afford to not take a trade to upgrade your roster right now if Kyle Pitts is burning you because you were really counting on him being big for you. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And it's it's tough. It, you just kind of got to gotta figure it out and roll with the punches as much as you can. And it, it's, it sucks to say if you can trade him away and add something small to get a Mark Andrews, uh, uh, try, I, would, I would be willing to do a, a Kyle Pitts for George Kittle. Or Kyle puts in something small for George Kittle. I bet you could probably make that work with the little bit of fantasy viability George Kittle has had. It's possible. I don't, I don't know. Who would you rather have rest of season? I would rather have George Kittle. Okay. I don't even think it's close. All right. I mean, if if I'm doing that deal, I, I'm going to need something like a wide receiver two, honestly. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I would need like wide receiver two in that situation. I think George Kittle's upside is still stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's like really good. Um. Christian McCaffrey, is he the biggest bust right now in fantasy? I, I got to wait and see from after the injury, but he's been a big bust as of right now. It, you've, he was the 101 in almost every single, 99 It was like 98.9% of drafts he went number one overall. You, you paid the number one pick, and this is two years in a row that he's gotten hurt, so... I need to see how he does coming off of this hamstring injury, see if he's able to come back and just finish out the year playing every single week and being a great running back like we all know we can. Biggest bust right now, sure, but I can't say I can't say speak for the future just because I don't know how this how this injury is gonna affect him. Yeah, I mean basically like if you took him, you know, like we already talked about with AJ Brown, like it's possible that you took Christian McCaffrey and AJ Brown. So like right now, you might be zero four because of that, and you know that's tough. But if you took Christian McCaffrey, you got to just hang in. I don't think you can trade him. Can you? Can you trade him? Like, do you think that you should trade him now if you have him? If you're getting a a top end running back, and I mean uh, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, that's it, running back, and you're throwing something in. Yeah, I I would I would trade him right now, but for I'm not gonna I'm not cutting my losses on on Christian McCaffrey by a lot because he got injured in week three with a hamstring. I I can't do that. Dynasty leagues, sure. I'm Christian McCaffrey owner in a dynasty league. I'm putting the value of Christian McCaffrey at three first round picks and something because he's what twenty five years old. You you can't you can't argue against the number one running back in football. It's just it's not 
It's not possible to me. He still holds value. It's just he's hurt right now. So I I wouldn't trade him in any any league other than a dynasty league unless I'm getting a Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. I think there's two other running back busts this season as of right now. And they weren't guys that were drafted insanely high. But Mike Davis and Damian Harris have been pretty big disappointments, personally. Yeah, I would say disappointments. You can't say busts, though. It, they but, were- I mean, if you took Mike Davis, you probably took him as an RB2. You know, he, he was an RB2. I, maybe. I He was... Like the 24th running back off the board, probably. He was getting taken in the 70s. Yeah. I mean, that's seventh round. That's not... 507, Harris had 602. I I don't know if you can call those guys, but if those are your running back twos, then yeah, they are a huge bust. Yeah, I, I would say for the most part, those guys are running back twos. Like, if you, if you went running back in the first round and you had a high-end pick... You probably didn't go running back in the second round either. And hopefully, if you're smart, you didn't go running back in the third round. Because the talent at the wide receiver position is just greater than that of, you know, the running backs available at that time. So chances are, like, those guys are RB2s for you because they were really hyped to start the season. Damian Harris, we thought, might actually lead the league in carries. There was a good chance of that. Patriots just can't run the ball. And, you know, as far as the Falcons go, Cordero Patterson has taken away a massive, you know, amount of uh, touches from Mike Davis. He finally found the end zone. He had gone 70 touches without getting into the end zone. I mean, that's just really rough. So, but I, I think they've been really big disappointments. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the, you can't disagree against it. They've, they've shown nothing to help you in fantasy. They have just been, they have been guys as of right now that, you can consider cutting within the next few weeks. Mike, I mean, Mike Davis just got his first touchdown of the season last week, so just keep an eye on it. Don't cut him yet, but they're just guys that you're like, man, I don't want to start you anymore. I don't even want you anymore. I'm actively shopping you. It's, I yeah, I, I didn't really, I don't really know if they needed to be brought up, but sure, these disappointments, 100%. Do you have anybody else to add to this list? Any quarterbacks? I didn't throw any quarterbacks on here, but are there? I you? don't think so. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I know, is ranked low in quarterbacks, but he still scored a lot after week one. Oh, we mentioned Ryan Tannehill, but that's, again, that's not really a bust. That's just a disappointment based on where you drafted him. He was like the 10th quarterback off the board. Um, I think I'm good to go in the start and sit him. All right, let's jump into it. Last last segment of the podcast today. So for my first stardom, and we just talked about him, I have Damian Harris. <laughs> with a uh, with a very favorable matchup against the Texans, I think Damian Harris should look to get back on track as a viable running back to slash flex play in your fantasy league. Look, this Texans defense sucks against the run, against the pass. Any Patriots options I have on my team, I'm probably starting every single one of them. I got Jacoby Myers in the starting lineup this week. He so, will be a starter for me. Like, if you have Damian Harris... Play him. If it's a two running back in a flex league or even two flexes, play Damian Harris. The upside against the Texans is just way too huge to miss out on. And for my second one, I have Emmanuel Sanders. It was Garrett's last week. He didn't perform this week. I'm putting him in this week against mine. 
I have a prediction for this game. I think at least 75 total points are scored amongst the two teams. I had told Garrett before the podcast I had 100. I think that was just a little bit too high. So do you want to change your uh, stardom of Damian Harris right now? Because as we're recording this podcast, Michael Wayne and Isaiah Wynn, two starting offensive linemen for the New England Patriots, have been put on the COVID-19 reserve list. Are they vaccinated? I am unaware of that information. I think the Patriots have a very good vaccination rate. It's like 99%. So it's Tuesday. They would need two negative tests. Need two negative tests by Sunday. If if they're both playing, I'm keeping him as a starter. Okay, so if you are taking Andrew's advice, keep an eye on the Patriots' offensive line. Because if those two do not go, the next options, and it's sick that I know these names, but you're looking at Yadni Kajuste, and they would be going at for Ted Karras at starting at probably right tackle, and they would have to move Justin Heron to left tackle, and you really don't want that at all. So just a heads up. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but that came across the scroll on ESPN, and I felt that that was pretty important to the conversation that we had just had. Uh, so you can, you can keep going with your other stardom. Okay, Emmanuel so Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders. I am predicting 75, at least 75 total points scored in this game. Kind of a Chiefs-Rams-esque game from back in 2018, if you guys remember that game. These are the these are the battle of two great offenses. The we had talked about the, the Bills defense against the Chiefs yesterday in yesterday's podcast. Um the Chiefs offense is just kind of unstoppable. I don't think the Bills have a great enough defense to stop them every drive. I think they've uh, just can stop them every other drive, but the Bills offense is also a little kind of not as great as everyone thought it would be. I see this game going at least 75 points. And that makes Emmanuel Sanders have huge target value in this game. Uh, with that huge target value, amongst wide receivers in general, Josh Allen's probably going to have to throw the ball a lot. Emmanuel Sanders is going to get a lot of them. It's going to be Diggs, Dawson Knox, Zach Moss, Emmanuel Sanders. Not in any particular order, but there's a lot of targets to go around, and I think Diggs is going to be targeted by probably the Chiefs' best cornerback or even just Tyron Matthew in general. So you think there's going to be like 75 points in that game? 75 to 100? Yes. So does that mean that Josh Gordon is uh, a fantasy starter no. this week? <laughs> no. Are you sure? Yes, because it's still Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. My first stardom is going to be Chuba Hubbard versus the bottom 10 Philadelphia run defense. Basically, if you're a running back against Philadelphia, uh, you should go crazy and really enjoy some success. The Niners were able to basically run all over them with a bunch of nobodies. And Dallas, with Zeke and Pollard, ran all over them. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ran all over the Philadelphia defense in week four. Chuba Hubbard should be back. You know, he should just be able to establish the run and have a pretty good day against them. Shouldn't be a problem. I would be starting him. The other one is Corey Davis against the Atlanta secondary in the London game. Every year in the London game, one team blows the other team out. It's never a close game. I don't think there's ever been a close London game. So Corey Davis should be able to be open against Atlanta. I mean, everybody's been open against Atlanta. Why not Corey Davis? He was really good last week against the Titans, who also have a bad secondary. So expect Corey Davis to have a pretty good week. Yeah, uh, into the sit -ums. 
I have Miles Sanders, and it's just laughable because Miles He should Sa- be a sit every week. Yeah. Everything is looking rough for Miles Sanders over the last two weeks, and I don't see it getting better at all. I personally can't trust the touches he's getting in this offense, and he's a, he's a sit until I see an uptick in production, if that even happens at all. The Eagles are probably going to be trailing in a lot of games. My second sit Odell Beckham Jr. He still has a not-so-good connection with Baker Mayfield, and with a tough matchup against the Chargers who can contain him deep down the field, I don't see him having any fantasy value this week. This would have been a great week for Jarvis Landry, just dink and dunk passes down the middle of the field with Baker Mayfield. But if, I don't think Baker has a connection with any of his receivers, to be honest. I don't know. It, Baker looked bad against the Vikings, really bad. I just I'm just looking at our board here. It's fine. And and I I noticed that Matt Ryan has officially racked up more fantasy points than Baker Mayfield has. It's perfectly. I okay. I was eating a lot of shit for the first three weeks over that one kid show. But uh, lately, it seems that that has turned, and I'm looking good. I'm not worried about it. Matt Ryan is a, is ranked higher than Aaron Rodgers in fantasy right now, so I'm <laughs> I'm damn right. He I'm, is. I'm truly not worried about it. <laughs> oh, if I'm right about that one, I'm gonna be really happy about that because you really trashed Matt Ryan, and I was getting really sick of it. And he's on my fantasy team now, so like. Look at that. Yeah, how those 50 he's on, he's on two of my fantasy teams, actually. He so. had a lot of points on your bench this week. He did. He did. I still won, so it doesn't really matter. Okay, so my first sit is Antonio Gibson. And um, just letting you know, he could be just out. I don't know if you saw the hit that he took in that game this week. It was it was yeah. really bad to the ribcage, so he so, could just not play. There is a chance that he doesn't play, but if he does play, I'm still sitting him. The Saints' defense has been really good against the run this year. You know, they held the Patriots in check. They basically held Saquon Barkley in check. He only had 52 yards on, like, 18 carries, so that was really good. He They held Aaron Jones in check week one, and then... You know, they have that kind of week two anomaly against the Panthers, but even still, they were pretty good against the run in itself. I just wouldn't start Antonio Gibson. I think they're going to struggle all day. I think Curtis Samuel is back. I think J.D. McKissick has been really good. So if you have Antonio Gibson, I would be on the low on him. My other sit, and again, I think this is the third week in a row I've basically said if you're playing against Jalen Ramsey, just don't play. Uh, DK Metcalf, just sit him down. He just, like, D-Hop does bad against Jalen Ramsey. DK is basically a zero against Jalen Ramsey. The little binky kind of mouthpiece that DK Metcalf wears fits perfectly when playing against Jalen Ramsey because DK Metcalf looks like a baby. Does Jalen Ramsey uh, swipe the binky? Probably not. Does he swipe it off him? Probably not. You don't think so? Is this a good Tyler Lockett week, though, either? No, I don't think it is. I don't think any Seattle wide receivers is a good... Like, I think Seattle's going to be able to score, but I don't know if it's... If fantasy-wise, you're going to want to start them. I think Freddie Swain might be the guy for Seattle this week. If Gerald Everett plays, like, maybe a little Gerald Everett action. But, yeah, Dwayne Eskridge, maybe? Are you feeling some Dwayne Eskridge? I want no part of Seattle at the moment. Not Chris Carson's. Not Alex Collins either, who had a surprisingly good good football week. I don't know how he did fantasy-wise, but no part in the Seattle offense one bit. Yeah, I... Uh, 
yeah, I don't want any part in that offense, especially against the Rams, who coming off that loss, like another, they got embarrassed. Another divisional matchup this week for the Rams. It's just and the Seahawks actually. Yes, so, yeah. It's just I want I want every part of the Rams offense and no part of the Seahawks offense. You sure you want to, Robert Woods? Yeah, you do want Robert Woods. I'm starting okay. him. Okay, I mean I'm starting <laughs> Tyler Higby. I'm, I'm really excited about the Tyler Higby play this week. I can't like it, help me with this dilemma. I guess I'm having. Do I start Hunter Renfro against the Bears or Robert Woods against the Seahawks? I mean, it's Robert Woods against okay. the Seahawks. I mean, right. you're really asking me if you want if you should start Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro has touched. No, I I understand that, but at least Chicago's defense is like a defense. Seattle, I don't think they actually play a defense. Their safety is a middle linebacker. I say it all the Do time. Do they have a safety? You you have Jamal Adams as your best safety in the league right now, and he's not he's not even a safety. So, but like, do they play defense? Is my question. I don't think they actually put a defense on the field. Ask Debo Samuel on that seventy five yard I mean, touchdown. Was he the most open player in NFL history? Probably. On that one? Yeah, it was. It was Debo Samuel and Cooper Cup in Week One. It, that's it. it, it de- defenses just don't want to cover these guys this year, I guess. So, I, Debo Samuel and. Cooper Cup instant starts because defenses just don't see him. They're wearing camouflage out there. I guess so. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand what's going on up there. Listen, I think, I, I think that's going to cover it for us. I, uh, I'm i looking forward to week five. I'd like to keep my winning streak going. Yeah, I, uh, I'm looking to, to finally be in the positive in the win column. I'm 2-2. Two and two. Every time I've won a game, I've lost a game the week, the week after. So let's hope I can keep my undefeated streak going in Dynasty as well. Not looking good because I have DK Metcalf, Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey, and Chase Claypool, who all might not even play this week. That's rough. Yeah. So, as we always plug on the regular show, guys, check us out on Twitter, at Highly Undisputed. That's Highly Undisputed without the E. Send us an email if you have any fantasy questions, at HighlyUndisputed247 at gmail.com. That is with an E. There is an E in that Highly Undisputed. And our regular Twitter info is in the bios. Uh, please share the podcast around. I, obviously, I post it on social media all the time. But if you could give it a share, that'd be great too. Check out our actual podcast. Check out check out our just main sports podcast that we record on Mondays, release on Tuesdays. Right now, it's just mainly football, basketball starting back up. We we're had in, preseason games last night. We're in the playoffs for baseball. And if you know by now and you've listened to that podcast, you know Andrew is oblivious when it comes to baseball. I'm learning a little bit. Garrett's a Red Sox fan. Red Sox Yankees is tonight, which is Tuesday. It's at like 8 PM. an hour from now. And I'm gonna suffer. Yeah, was a, we talk about a lot of sports there. We love it. We talked about soccer once. So just just stick around. We got a lot to come for both of these podcasts. Stanton's gonna destroy me tonight, isn't he? Well, probably. I'm yeah. gonna be sick. I'm not a fan of either of these teams, so I am not not wanting to be in your position right now. Yeah, not looking forward to this. Uh, we will see you next week, guys. <laughs>